Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and God, we ask you to, uh, we first of all, we thank you for a life of faith. We have, thank you for the gift of sobriety. We certainly lift up all the alcoholics and addicts who still struggle, uh, particularly the more at-risk ones. Uh, help us in this uh, hour to hopefully, by your grace, uh, proclaim the good news and a message of hope. And let uh, those who need to hear this broadcast, may they be affected and, and be listening and hear it. And uh, may this interview go for your greater honor and glory and benefit those who are in most need of, of, of hearing it and, help, and also to help us. And we thank you in advance for all this. And may God bless us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello and welcome to Recovery Internet Radio, broadcast usually live but always direct from Straight Stuff Studios. We're on location today and we will be making this episode available for listening uh, at our usual time on Sunday night at 7 p.m. Central. Thank you for being here with us this evening uh, on our two-year anniversary, uh, or actually just a week past. So we really appreciate you tuning in and listening, and uh, always visit recoveryinternetradio.com for links to our current shows and also uh, all of our archived shows that we've done in the past. I'm going to pass it over to Rick Atwater and Father Jerry. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Recovery Internet Radio, um, where we are every, even though we're pre-recording today, where we are every Sunday night. Uh, at seven o'clock, and we're glad you're here listening to us. And um, this, I want to mention before we roll, um, that this is our this is a week after our second year anniversary. So we've been doing this. Yeah, and that would be big woohoo there. We would have had, we would have had cupcakes all around, but I forgot. <laughs> I'm standing in for the studio audience. Yeah, yeah, we still have a studio audience. But, um, yeah, so we've been doing this two years, so I guess technically that makes it 104 shows, although I was unable to, we were unable to do a show last week, family emergency on my part, so we didn't run a show last week, sorry about that, you guys, but, uh, so that makes it 103 shows, um, and so we're really pleased that we can continue to do this and offer the things that we offer and have the great people that we have around, um, and so today... Uh, and I've been I've been chasing this guy now for I don't know I want I want to say at least six eight months, Father Jerry, uh, yeah, from uh, a local parish here in our little hometown of Crystal Lake, and uh, Jerry is a friend and uh, and an all around good guy and a friend of a number of us around here, so I wanted to. You know, and we had to make a deal. Right? You know, now I I don't know when Jerry's going to collect on his end of it, but I think it was like he'd do an hour of radio if I'd sit with him in the Bible for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I what I meant to say is I wanted some psychotherapy. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> okay, I wanted a free yeah. counseling. Out. Okay, so free one for one. Okay, I got gotcha. you. All right, you can bring the DSM yeah. four or five, whatever they're up to. Whatever, now. yeah, I'll bring the Bible. Okay, they keep the yeah. yeah. I don't think they have a category, but but. but, but you know, so t- I want to know about a little about you to start, like wh- like where you came from and what you know. Did right. you grow up in the city? Where, where I grew up actually about thirty five minutes walking from the Hancock. Okay, a little area called Ukrainian Village. Okay, which is between pretty much Humble Park and Cabrini Green. Okay, and it was an island of Polish, Russian, and sure. Ukrainian people. Sure, I know where it is. Yeah, uh, Mike Krzyzewski, who went to Duke, you know, the winningest coach in, sure. in college sure. basketball history, went to my grammar school. I brag about it all the time. I often say he's the second most important person to come out of my grammar school, which will lead to your listening audience, who the number yeah. one person yeah. would be. Yeah. Uh, but I'm the youngest of four boys, and uh, grew up. My father was a police officer, a sergeant detective in Chicago. My mother was a stay-at-home mom, and then later worked for the ward office which was in the 26th Ward, which became the 32nd Ward. Um, so we always had a city job in the family. I'm still proud to have a brother who is the foreman of the 26th in California, the, the whole painting crew. Actually, it's, not, it's, it's all of the Cook County. It's a, it's a pretty, pretty, pretty big job. But as a young child, uh, my grandmother was, was full Polish, uh, born in the United States, but raised in Poland, uh, gave me just a stellar example of, of, of the Christian faith. And I grew up 
a very strong Christian. Did you go, like, did you, yeah, were you an everyday, everyday church yeah, goer with St. Helens, uh, till fifth grade, from kindergarten to fifth grade, I had all nuns with veils and habits, and we went to daily mass until fifth grade. Okay. Until they started sort of a quote-unquote, I'm doing the quote sign, loosening up and getting a little more progressive with the church. And then they took away our daily, well, they didn't take away our daily masses, they just didn't require us to go to them. Right. So then we, went, we ended up going once a week. Right. Uh, once a weekday, and then again, of course, on Sunday. But it's, did you grow up in the day of when the, last, the, the masses were Latin? No, I'm, I'm, I was born in 66, so, so post-Latin. Post post-Latin. Yeah. But because of it being a Polish parish, we were spared a lot of the, again, I'm using quote signs, ingenuity and creativity of, of the modern church. Yeah. We were, in my opinion, helpfully, uh, uh, still very conservative. We had an alt, we had a very traditional church. It was, there was an altar rail, and we had altar boys who served. And these are in no way meant to be sexist comments. It's just that's how I was raised. I was raised yeah. with basically a, a male church and a, and a matriarchal home. Yeah, and uh, just just a lot of values, a lot of discipline. Were uh, you like it's like a lot of a lot of uh, 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 families, you know, in the city. You know, there's 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 a, there's got to be a cop. There's got to be a priest somewhere, somewhere in the family. Yeah. Maybe a lawyer in there somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. Well, no, it, it's actually true. Four sons. Uh, interesting. Yesterday was the feast of St. Joseph, May 1st. And my mom had four sons, John, James, Jeff. I was to be named Joseph. But my grandmother rushed to the hospital, and she said, you can't name him Joseph. And they all wondered why. And my grandmother said uh, very uh, uh, passionately, everybody she knew named Joseph is in the penitentiary. <laughs> so they came up with the name, the name of Jerome. Yeah. But I always joked in my day. There is a St. Jerome, yes? Oh, St. Jerome is an amazing saint. Uh, what, what, what is his? St. Jerome uh, was a contemporary of St. Augustine. He's the one responsible for translating the Bible from Aramaic, Hebrew, and Greek into Latin, uh-huh. which was the language of the people. Right. So I find this fascinating since you since you brought it up. Yeah, yeah. How Catholics keep people from the Bible. It was Saint Jerome, a Catholic priest, who actually translated from Aramaic, Aramaic, Greek, and Latin. Excuse me, Aramaic, Greek, and Hebrew into the language of the people to give them access to the scriptures. And the language of the people was Latin. Latin, at the exactly. Time. exactly. Sure. Well, again, they, they, the Greeks Hellenized basically the Western world prior to the Romans. So Latin would have been maybe uh, uh, the institutional language, but the culture at large was Greek. That's why the New Testament was written pretty much uh, exclusively in the Greek language, where the Old Testament was written in the Hebrew and the Aramaic language. The Latin came later. This is completely off the reservation, but have you ever... I'm sure... I live off the reservation, but... You live off... Well, okay. (laughs) You're welcome. Here we are. As long as that's not a slur against Native Americans, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, I I think reservation could also be construed as something you do with airlines, Or a hotel. Or a hotel. Or a car rental. rental. So we're good. We don't have to worry about that. Or for the asylum. Asylum. I can call up and get a reservation. Get a reservation. (laughs) You don't need one. But that's true. I have a permanent permanent lifetime pass. So Aramaic, I'm told, is a very poetic... uh, It's it's an Arabic language. Yeah, very poetic. A lot of alliteration, a lot of... uh, Yeah, the... Sands run red with blood. You know that whole. Yes, that way. Is that well? Interesting you say that because there's only a few specific quotes in the entire Bible of Jesus using Aramaic, and we've kept them. Teleith kaum, little girl, get up. When he raised the little girl back to life, mm-hmm. which is amazing, which totally goes hand in hand with recovery. Right. Recovery is being brought back to life, right. new life, and in many cases, in my opinion, better life. Yeah. Uh, and the other time was when he was on the cross, and in our version of theology. The father, and, and, and I'm using language again loosely, got my quotation marks up again. He allowed Jesus, he allowed, and it sounds, it could sound sadistic, but Jesus was, was, was sent to feel the brunt of mortal sin and the absence of the father's love in, in, in his human nature on the, while he was dying on the cross. And he cried out in Aramaic, Eli, Eli, Sabakavakatani. I'm, I'm pronouncing the last word wrong. Some Aramaic scholar will call him me on this, but Eli, Eli, Lama Samagatani, which means in the English translation, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the interpretation loosely is, and I think a lot of people in recovery can, can relate to this, yeah. God, where have you gone? Right. Where have you gone? Right. Now, in the case of AA, right. I, I, this is my experience with a lot of fifth steps. People come along and say, look, I, I, he was missing, but as I soared up, came, came to, came yeah. to believe, sure. he was always there. It was me who walked away. Right. In the case right. of Jesus, he was our atonement. He took the place of us. Yeah. So he was able to feel the full brunt of what we do to God 
yeah. on our behalf. Yeah. And I and you know the Catholics always have a man hanging on the cross. Other Christian traditions, which I entirely respect. You mean the symbolism? The, yeah, the symbolism yeah. of a man yeah. hanging on the cross. Sure. And it's done for very specific reasons. And and I think first what is and foremost, first and foremost, it actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it doesn't limit our understanding of the resurrection. But okay. it, but in real time, yeah. and, and like this, this conversation is taking place in real time. Right. Most ex- people experience life, whether it's Christianity, their own worldview, philosophy, right. human nature, their day to days going, their day to day going down. As a, as a cross, as, as life something is not. I don't wake to, up. I don't. Something you. they have to bear. Yes. Yeah. And, and whether it be the commitments of marriage, raising of children, a job, a boss yeah. you don't like, yeah. uh, the difficulties, the struggles, the unemployment. I just call it the vultures on the bedstead, but it's the same yeah, concept. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Facing, you know, again, a firing squad, so to speak, yeah. of, of things that happen within your with your daily life. It tells us that God is suffering along with with us, alongside us. Yeah. I will never get tired of the uh, short story of the footprints in the sand, Yeah, which you're, I'm sure you're sure. familiar with. Sure. And if someone of your listening audience is not, I'd, I'd Google that yeah. because it, it speaks so loudly to my, my personal experience. In other words, I, thought, I wondered where you were all this time, and then I, fig- then I figured out you were carrying prints. There was only one set of prints. And, 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 and I thought I was on my own at those times, but I, then I come to realize yeah. it was you there all the while. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, again, God, God never abandons us. That, that, that's not meant what's meant to be understood by my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What's meant to be understood is Jesus endured the full force of evil. Him, he who knew no sin took on all this and was atonement for us. And what I love to tell children and whoever cares to listen, when I walk into the church, the Catholic church, and see this guy hanging on a tree, it shocks me. It, it's supposed to be shocking. Right. It's a scandal. And, and to many of the Islamic believers, which, right. which, which you get one on your show to tell you, they have a hard time believing God, A, being a father, B, having a son who would die such a torturous, murderous death, what kind of God will this be? Well, that's not, a, that's not necessarily a bad question. Right. It's only understood by our teaching and beliefs in, in what we call the Trinity. Right. Now, I don't think you want this to turn into a religious conversation, but today happens to be my anniversary. May 2nd, I was ordained a deacon 16 years ago. Really? And today's the Feast of St. Athanasius. What is, what is, uh, tell me what a deacon means deacon in the Catholic in Church. Deacon in Greek, diakonia is to serve. Okay. In the book of the Acts of the Apostles, the uh, Greek wives, the Greek mothers were complaining that the Hebrew women were getting special attention. From the apostles, that they that they were being uh, they were discriminating, the Greek, yeah, so the, like the Gentiles yeah. who were became converts right. from the old time Hebrews who became Christians, right. So the apostles got together and they came up with the idea: look, we got to preach the gospel. We need to incorporate other men into this association, into this fellowship right. that will specifically serve right. tables and take care of the orphans, the poor, and the widows. So, we're, but I just just to say, we're, we're using some key words that will later. We'll, we'll, we'll work into our conversation like fellowship and service. Okay. But yes, yeah, yes. So, 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 so the deacon, we still ordain deacons. Most of them are married men. Okay. Who go on to serve the church. Okay. In a, in the, they can marry other people. They can witness marriages. They can, they can do graveside services. They can do baptisms. They often, often, most, I think, probably to me, most helpfully, they visit the sick in the hospitals hmm. and the nursing homes, and they bring communion mm-hmm. or comfort or consolation. They could preach the gospel at, at, at the church services after the gospel is read. So, but it's clearly scripturally rooted, yeah. the office of yeah, deacon, yeah. within the Acts of the Apostles. And, then, and but, the choosing of seven men. So, so, so say again, you were ordained... A deacon 16 years ago today. Okay. On May 2nd. And the today's feast, and here we're going back. Now, if you guys can still follow this, you're, you're either definitely in recovery or you might need some Abilify because this is ADH Central on Dolby. This is, yeah. St. Athanasius yeah. now yeah. is. Abilify the, is the, yeah. Yeah, it's, we'll talk about it later. I, yeah, I'm not qualified to, to, yeah, to prescribe drugs to anybody, nor am I. Bi- it's, a, it's for bipolar. It's but for bipolar. Just in or, case anybody. Or mania. Or mania. Or mania, right. Either and then you have something for seizures as well. It's a yeah. multivalent. Multi, multi, big word. Big word. Usage. But it's okay. But here, I want to go back to the Islamic understanding because it was today, the feast day of St. Athanasius, who we celebrate today, who got up in the year 325 in front of a full crowd of bishops, who men, many of whom were denying that Jesus Christ was equal to the Father. They knew he was a messenger of God. They knew he was a prophet of God, as, as the New Agers would call him. They knew he was an aviator, mm-hmm. much like they would say Gandhi is or Buddha is mm-hmm. or Muhammad was. Mm-hmm. But Athanasius said, wait a minute. He said, well, he called him to attention. He, and he wasn't even a priest yet. 
Excuse me, and he wasn't a bit, he went on to be the bishop of Alexandria, who got uh, kicked out many times for, for many disputes. He was innocent, of course, in all of them. Uh, but <laughs> he's the one who said every Sunday the church professes God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made. Those precise, exact words which are proclaimed every Sunday in the Catholic Church, which is our creed, right. so to speak, our national anthem, right. our set of belief systems. And so it's his, it's his, his doing, it's, and it's his day. And, day. It's, and it's his day. And your ordination was on his day. As a deacon, 16 years ago. As a deacon. Is, that the, is, is it not your ordination as a priest? A priest a year later on May 15th. Okay, deacon first and then a priest. Yeah. So... Were, were you married before? No, 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 no. Never married? No, no. I, there's a, okay, great question. I mean, just we are in the weeds. We are in the weeds. There are transitional deacons. Oh, okay. And permanent deacons. Oh, okay. Transitional deacons are on their way to the priesthood. Okay. Uh, permanent deacons stay deacons. So tra- you were transitional deacons. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. And gotcha. a side note, and we are so in the weeds, but if a permanent deacon, if his wife dies, he's not allowed to remarry. Even if he's not headed for the... Right. If he's a, if he's a permanent deacon... And he's married. He's a married man becomes a permanent deacon. Right. And his wife died, he's not allowed to marry. If a young man becomes a permanent deacon and then wants to marry, he's not permitted to. Because we believe that the marriage state is so exalted and so high of a calling, it deserves full attention all, all by itself. Well, I think you'd get 100% yeah. thumbs up on that one all the way around. So, you know, well... You know, I mean, I, well, maybe, 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 maybe not. not. There maybe are some not. people that, yeah. that yeah. think otherwise. Good call. Yeah, but anyway, okay. So, so like back to just for a minute, and then back to Ukrainian village. So, you grew up with a bunch of guys. You know, a bunch of guys. I, somehow we got off on the Aramaic, and that's where we that's took, okay. we took a left. But I was just interested in that. But um, so you grew up with you know you know with uh, three bro- four brothers, three brothers, three plus brothers. myself, and plus yourself. Mom and dad, grandma, in a house on, on twenty two twenty nine West Cortez. Yeah, and uh, went to Catholic schools my whole life. Went to St. Helens Grammar School, St. Patrick High School, which is okay. the, the oldest Catholic boys' school in Chicago. It, it is. survived the Chicago Fire, and it just celebrated over one hundred fifty year anniversary. Do you speak Polish? Nima. Nima. Now, Nima Papal School. Very little. I can say, give me, give me, give me, and I want. And, and, and <laughs> i got to go to the bathroom. Yes. And muya druga yashakohan means I love you so. <laughs> and give me a kiss. Daimi <laughs> buje. How about you, uh, Ukraine? Uh, there, there, there is the Slavs. They, 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 the languages, there is a lot of similarities, but no. Uh, but no, no. My first crush was on a Ukrainian girl. Okay. Well, you, well, I don't know what that's worth. You live in the Ukrainian village. And what are you going to do? Exactly. What are you going to do? That's probably all you have to choose from. Most right. people marry within proximity, right? <laughs> <laughs> so okay, and so we'll, we'll we'll fast forward a little bit. So what what made you were, were you uh, priest material from the beginning? Yeah, or? yeah. There 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 are uh, the Pope John Paul II was just elevated, as many of you may know, on Sunday to, to the position of a saint, and he got his vocation later in life. And within his vocation, he first wanted to be a monk, a Carmelite monk, and then the the bishop of the time. This is during Nazism, and then he got ordained as soon as the Nazis left, the communists took over. Uh, they thought his 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 skill set would would be better utilized in diocesan ministry, meaning a ministry of the people, not 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 in a cloister. Right. Uh, but in my instance, I had such great parish priests. Uh, my first great teacher, Sister Terania, who passed I don't know, a couple of years ago, but she lived to be like almost a hundred. She had called my mother when I was in the first grade and had mentioned we'd never heard a boy talk about Jesus so much. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a priest since I was a little boy. Okay. So all my life I wanted to be a little. I wanted to be a priest. And in second grade, when I received my first Holy Communion, when the communion wafer touched my tongue, I honestly did not think I was going to be a priest. I was 1,000% certain in a world of confusion, ambiguity, with a second grader's mind, I was going to be a priest. I bet you you're a rare, a rare animal in the church. There, there is, I, really... there is a, I want to say, a, a, a less than 10%. There's priests who have this story. Yeah, my pastor's not one of them. Right, most priests I know are not one of them. Right, uh, Kyle Manna, we're living with a seminarian now who's studying to be a, a deacon and a priest. Right, he got his vocation at the end of at Northern Illinois, towards the end of his college studies. Okay, my closest friend as a priest is a lawyer, and he, beca- <laughs> and he became a priest. So, um, well, I can understand that. <laughs> Save his soul. He had no, to. No, we can't. Yeah. I, I, I have so many lawyers. I can't tell lawyers jokes. It's, it's horrible. Okay. So, oh, you can. You I, can. Oh, I do. I yeah, do. I'm not on mic. Not no, on mic. You, you would tell a I would. You would tell a counselor joke in a heartbeat. Oh my God! Right Are you kidding me? And I would tell a priest joke. I, I tell priests and and, and counselor jokes. Okay. I got one right now for you. Okay, go the, ahead. The psychiatrist looks at, at, at the priest and he says, "Father, your title of Monsignor." 
titles are for the vain and the arrogant. And the senior looks at the, at the, at the psychiatrist and says, thanks a lot, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Bada boom. See, I didn't touch the table. Okay, so, all right, so, so you knew so, you wanted to be a priest so, right from, yeah, right so from the start. Yeah, so uh, St. Pat's went fine. Then I went to Northern, mm -hmm. and that's when... I don't know if our conversation goes this direction, but that's when I started drinking. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, perfect and, time. And, and drinking sure. beer, and uh, never thought I had a problem with alcohol whatsoever. Um, not a never a fall down drunk. But what was your what was your uh, I mean what were you going to Northern for? Were you in? Uh, uh, I was business, but I quickly was was changed by a philosophy professor. I love philosophy. I love contemplating the things of the spirit, mm -hmm. the intangibles, and the abstract. Mm -hmm. Most people don't live in that world. You know, it's the exact opposite of a hard science degree mm -hmm. or well, a tech degree. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I live in it. I, yeah. I, I don't mind ambiguity. Right. I don't mind the tension between, you know, what something may appear to be in its accidental look and what it actually is in its substance. Right. And I would say a great example of that, we struggle a lot with um, girls more than boys, but both body image mm -hmm. and, and, and cutting and, and I just, oh my goodness, and, and, and suicide attempts and suicide scares and suicidal ideation. And, and my point always is stop looking at yourself through the mirror and thinking that's who you are. That's a reflection of your physical look, which could have been a million different, different other ways. Look at yourself rather the way God looks at you, which is interiorly, internally, as beautiful, precious, and special with, right. a, with a unique purpose. Sure. But people, I think, well, I would think we would definitely agree. The modern culture is so fixated on the physical, on the yeah. sensual, on the, I could touch it. Sensory. It. Absolutely. Sensory. What you can touch, see, that, hear, and feel. That yeah. philosophical thinking and, and a consideration of the deeper meaning of existence is often, is often left aside. Well, you know, I mean, to be honest with you, I, that, that's what I spend my day, every day doing that, is helping people move from that view of things to slowly finding ways to begin to look at things from the interior. I mean, Absolutely. That's, and it's a simple, you know, but a lot of people, like, it's, it, you, you, you would have to learn to translate, because it's great for you to have... Uh, be able to deal with metaphors and analogies and, and think in an abstract way, but you, you deal with people every day who don't. So you, have you had to find a way to... Oh, well, Rick, tremendous question. If, if, if the, people, uh, the people I deal with, Christian, I deal with not just Christians, but the Christian people's biggest concern when they go to Sunday service, besides showing gratitude to God, adoring Him, receiving communion, is getting a message getting some meaning that is applicable and applies to their everyday living. So that is exactly what i got to do all the time. And that's why I have what my, my pastor, my boss, calls a Starbucks ministry. Mm -hmm. I go to Starbucks. Today, for the first time, a woman looking for me to set up an appointment with a friend who's got some, some I want to say, alcohol drug issues. Yeah. No one knows who I'm talking about. I'm not saying she stalked me. But I'm getting out of my car, I'm getting out of my car to walk into Starbucks, and she runs at me. I don't even know who this woman is. She goes, I hear you hang out at Starbucks. This is how I'm going to find you. Because we kept playing phone tag and missing each other. I'm like, fine. I'm like, fine. Let's talk. You've got to have your bodyguards patted down before yeah. you can talk to I'm her. telling you. Right. But, but the Starbucks connection gives me an insight into every man's thinking. Ah, what okay. they're up to. We have a bunch of airline pilots. We have a retired policeman. It's a mutual friend of ours. We have an FBI guy. we got retired people, unemployed people. Right. So in, in mixing it up with caffeine and just by their permission... Letting me be myself. I, I'm not two different people. I'm not, I'm not schizophrenic. Last time the psychiatrist told me I'm not. Mm -hmm. uh, but allows me to just, hey, we'll how see you... about at the yeah, next evaluation, but okay. Exactly. exactly. Okay. Right. The jury's still out. Yeah. But, but in that context, I can hear so much That's about how, yeah. how life is, is going for the people. I mean, come on. Let, let's just throw this out on the table. I don't have a wife. Yeah. I don't have children. Right. I live in an isolated property that... It, you know, it's it's being a priest is different. It just yeah. is. You don't have you're not you don't have the worldly right. contact unless you unless you and, seek it. And you go and, find it. and there, there, there's 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 news out there. Not every day, but there is news out there sometimes. If priests were once on a pedestal, which I have no problem believing in the 50s and 40s, that certainly cannot be the case today. Yeah. I walk around with a Roman collar all day long. Those people aren't looking at me, in my opinion, who do not know me, with eyes of esteem or respect. They're looking at me suspiciously. They're wondering, <laughs> yeah. they're wondering if I've been vetted by the local cops. Yeah. Now, I, I'm saying this half-humorously. No, but, but it's certainly the pendulum has swung. It's changed. 
It's things have changed. So sure. So my Starbucks group, they 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 let me come in and 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 be myself, and, and we talk about things that are both emotional, personal, the relationships, and and as, as you as you said so wisely that that, that that that's the one million dollar question: Can you tie God's deeper thoughts and 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 and, and His true purpose for our existence to to everyday people and everyday choices? Yeah, I mean, and that's your that's your your job and so and let, then let's tie let's tie that in a little bit too so you said so you went to northern you, you started out in business and then you moved you philosophy, found the philosophy almost immediately, almost immediately. And, and then you went there because that was where it, in uh, my experience is that there's there's certain people that start with that philosophical that deeper view of things that that's their nature and then they have to adapt they have to adapt to the world then there's the other People that that are worldly and are struggling to find spirit, you know. Yes, that, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And 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 a confluence of both. Yeah. So I was a city street punk. Yeah, I was a city street punk basically because okay. my dad was being a copper. You know, those are the worst kids: ministers, kids, and cops, kids. Oh, so does, going, that mean you got, does that mean you got away with a lot of stuff? Or you, know, did you get caught? We're, we're, we're being recorded. I still do. I mean, it, it's, it's <laughs> you still get away with stuff. I mean, I, I, the, 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 a lot less today, today, but I've yet to pay for a haircut since okay. I've been in this town. So, like, <laughs> what is your dad still alive? No, he's been dead 20, 27 years. Okay, so we know he's not going to come back after you. So, is there anything that you did that your dad didn't know about? Uh, no, I got arrested at 15 on St. Patrick's Day. It's a, actually a, a, a very interesting story. Uh, but I got arrested for alcohol, and long long story short, he would not go to court with me. I had to go to I didn't bring my parents to court because yeah. he said he would knew half he would know half the cops inside there, and and he just he dismissed me. My mother called shortly after, and she knew I was very sad. She invited me to a dinner at a place called the Dairy, which is now it's on on on, on Augusta, a block east of uh, of uh, Damon. Anyway, I said, Mom, I got something very serious to tell you. Blah blah blah. Long story short, she goes, spit it out. So I told her she had to go to court with me, and she says, "Are you still going to d dinner with us?" So she was so uh, consoling and empathetic. Yeah, maybe enabling. Now that right. I get older, uh, but your dad wasn't. wasn't no, he didn't put up with much. He didn't put up with much. He didn't put up with much. I can't did use the words. Did you have remorse? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I I, I made a fourth step, much bunch sides, fifth step. Captains go to confession. I, I, I and I hope I'm not changing subjects, but a lot of my shtick is living out the things we just got done talking about in the present moment. Yeah. So my boss and I go back to, if you're guilty, like if, like in a normal yeah. consciousness, yeah. it's probably something unresolved in your past. Yeah. If you're an anxious, nervous person, it's probably something you're worried about in the future. Yeah. Yeah. So I try to live in the present moment. So, no, I, I feel, yeah. I say this to kids all the time. I've been living yeah. life at, at a very high-octane level. I've been to 60 countries. I've got three advanced degrees. I'm a horrible driver. If the Lord decides to take me later on this afternoon, I had one heck of a good run. Yeah, and it'll probably be in the car. <laughs> and then I'd bury it. We're going to take a break. We're going to take a break.
mentioned uh, father father Jerry before the break just a little bit you mentioned that you'd been to 60 countries and you have uh, a number of advanced degrees so I'd just like to touch base with that and ask you about that but also one the way I'm framing that the, the way I, I gather that information in my head is what I hear is someone who has the ability you know when you travel and you've seen a lot of countries you've seen a lot of things you've got a lot of education it widens the view Clearly, and it, and and that can only help to understand people in a bigger way. So that's how I understand it. Not that you know you get a you get a gold star or something. You know what I mean? It's not I, I, absolutely. Well, there's no doubt that ego drives me to get to 100 countries. Yeah. I mean, okay. All right. Like, so we got 40 to go. But, 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 yeah, yeah, you're right. And okay. I, got, I got a big I got a South Africa trip. Hopefully, planned out in October. We're gonna knock out four or five of them. But but to the degrees, I think traveling. If you travel and truly not stay at the resorts and do the all-inclusive, but if you're out with the people, the culture, the eating habits, the, the socialization patterns, the, the worship, whatever, whatever denomination or, or service it may be, talk about master's degrees. I mean, that's how you learn about people, seeing yeah. them in, 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 their, in, their, in their full actuality, in the way that they're living their Where lives, sure. and, and, and their houses, and things of that sort. Where's the, where are the majority of the places you've been in Central America? I've been, South every, America? I've been to every uh, country in Central America. Uh, I lived in Mexico on and off for probably a period of about nine months. I've been to six countries in South America, Paraguay, Uruguay, Argentina, Peru, Ecuador, Brazil, I, think, if I, if I hope I named six. Uh, most of Eastern Europe, all of Europe, uh, Russia, my mo more exciting places have been to India, um, and I've been to Nepal. Hmm. I've, been, I've been up on, on some of those mountains. I actually got to meet like the second or third in command under the Dalai Lama. Really? Which was a very fascinating experience. And uh, again, I have a lot of respect. A lot of respect for the cultures, and, they're, and they're, a lot of Buddhist practices could be comparable to religious monks. In terms of fasting, denying the senses, um, the idea of the illusion, mm -hmm. how most of life is actually superficial, right? <laughs> and uh, the deeper meaning of things gets lost too often. So uh, those are just a couple of thoughts. Okay, all right. And then in your degrees, what so you philosophy yeah. is my, my one of them. I got a master's in education from DePaul. I was going to be like Rick Atwater, who I should be interviewing you actually. Maybe we'll yeah. do that next okay, week. Okay, we'll switch up. Sure, we can switch up. Uh, sure. No problem. I, I enjoy that. As long as he uh, has a job. Yeah. No, no, no problem. No, I, big bucks. I, I, yeah. I, I can see that. I can see that. He's like snurdly. He's like snurdly. But I'm just thinking that uh, I got a degree in social psychology from DePaul, which my joke was, I know enough about counseling not to use it. <laughs> because it just... It's, right. You know. And right. the priest gets a degree. He gets right. a degree... And I want to add that any, everything I've learned about counseling was after I graduated. Oh, you know, with, with, so. with people. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. And again, this, this seems to be a constant theme in our, in our discussions. Theory to practice. Yeah, absolutely. Or practice to theory. And, it, it, and it is both. Yeah. It's both. I mean, living living by concepts alone alone does not feed a poor person. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, yeah. and, and and throwing yourself out into activism without a deeper spiritual insight or meaning, again, that 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 too, although noble in its in it in its uh, it's, its action, it's action might not meaning. have the, might not have the right motive, right? Yeah. the right meaning. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So within the within the context of getting the priest degree, I took further studies in what's called systematics, which is trying to. It is very a very 
Christian, specifically Christian synthesis of what we call revelation, what Christ left us, both in word, through scripture and tradition, the teaching of the apostles, which will be found in Acts 2.4.2. Very simple to explain this to any Christian. Before there was a Bible, go to Acts 2.4.2. It says what the church was. Mm-hmm. And it was the teaching of the apostles and their fellowship, the prayers, and the breaking of the bread. Mm-hmm. And from those three points, I hope, if I had an open-minded person, I could try to synthesize or infer all, the larger... All the rest of the belief structure. From, the, from the Pope... Christians. To, to what the Pope wears on his head. And, and again, I'm not a professor. I don't have a, 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 a doctorate. Mm-hmm. I don't even have a license in what's called sacred theology. But I feel competent sufficiently, more so in, in, in church business than, than, let's say, AA culture, sure. to articulate a synthesis of how this, this, this actually all fits together. Yeah. And you had said that. You, you had said when we, when we first started to talk, well, I can't quote the big book and I can't, you know, I'm thinking to myself, what are you talking about? I mean, you don't, you don't really need to quote it to, to, to be living it. No, it's true. But, and, I, but I, I'm always you, impressed. You're kind of, yeah, you're, I know. You're, being, being a little heady, I'm always impressed yeah. by guys, if I'm, if I'm at a 12-step meeting, who just you know, can go do chapter and verse. I, you know what it is? I, I, I never thought about this. As a Catholic, we don't do chapter and verse so much. Yeah. So maybe it's my envy of the Protestants. Yeah, who are so good at it. Because they are. Yeah, they can just drill you with the <laughs> numbers. Oh, no, my they? goodness. I can't keep up. Yeah. I was thinking don't of the, all the verses here. I was thinking of the exorcist. When, 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 when the priest is exercising the demon, the demon's quoting, quoting verses, but he doesn't give chapter and verse. I'm like, it's easier to convert a demon because right. he, don't, he don't ask for chapter and verse. What, what was he? I wonder where he went to church. <laughs> so let's get back cause so, so we got as far as northern Illinois and you started to drink beer so I want to take off from there Good. can we do that? sure yeah so what because you know I mean so we know that you know things things likely went somewhat downhill from there in terms of the uh, the substance abuse angle. sure 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 how'd so, that go? so I, I ran I ran with a, a football players wrestlers basketball players and uh, there was just a lot of alcohol. There was a, there was a lot of casual drinking. Were you an athlete yourself or just uh, a wannabe? Or? I was a wannabe, wannabe. A yeah. intramural, intramural superstar, but yeah. never, never got on any, 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 <laughs> any great teams. But I did dunk a basketball until I was like 25, Okay, which is, was an accomplishment for me anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I just, it, was, it was casual. It was, I never thought of it as a problem. I never, uh, because of, I guess, the gifts God gave me and my energy level, it never seemed to affect me in the mornings mm-hmm. or, or I was what was classical referred to as a responsible drunk. Yeah. Someone who can carry on his duties. Sure. And, 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 and in drink my own mind, anyway. Drink a lot, get hammered uh, at night, yeah. get up and go to class in the morning and do well and, and carry and, on. And carry on. And then as I, as I left Northern, I toured Europe. I was like, one of, one of my earlier, uh, in 1989, one of my earlier major trips, a couple months in Europe, and I went to Morocco, tried to find Cat Stevens, almost did, in Marrakesh, missed him by like, like a couple, like moments almost. Because he hung out at a certain coffee spot, and I was taught—I was told where he would be. Right. And and I tried to find him, and I did. Yeah. Just had missed him. Yeah, well, you so. probably were ash- asking for Cat Stevens instead of his Muslim name. You know what? And that's probably why you missed him. You if, got me. If you know, if, if I would have known, converted by that. I know. If it was, I—I yeah, feel horrible. I feel horrible. Oh, Cat Stevens! Then yeah. send you over the over here. Where you wanted. You know, you know, I, I never made the connection when they showed me cat litter. <laughs> I, I never made the connection. Now it's all coming to me. Okay, so anyway, I got the right name. I just want to be no, helpful. So I got a job. I worked for Maryville Academy. Okay, Maryville sure. Academy with the homeless children. Okay, and I worked at an emergency shelter on Clarendon and Montrose in Chicago, which had from from cocaine babies up to toddlers to to to. Uh, pre-teens, teens, all the way up to 18. And because of my relationship to the church, Father Smith was like the CEO, the president, yeah. I was what's called a floater. I would do all the floors okay. and got uh, experience working with all the various populations. Okay. And I can tell you, just my, my eyewitness testimony, it was one man between cocaine babies, crack babies, uh, nicotine babies, heroin babies, and alcohol, fetal babies. Fetal alcohol. Yeah, yeah, fetal alcohol. The nicotine babies cried the loudest. Really? There was no doubt among the caregivers on that floor who cried the loudest. Now, now the fetal alcohol, some would argue with the crack cocaine fetal alcohol, had the, long, the more long-term serious. Bigger damage. Yeah, physiological damage. Yeah. and physical effects. But yeah. in terms of just crying, loud crying. Like and you know, these babies, the whole lot of them, sadly, all the, these individual little baby souls, they were put in dark rooms. They couldn't do light exposure very well. They couldn't do touch very well. They were all on heart monitors. Because that's how severe, not all of them, but many, that's how severe their conditions were. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm saying this because 
I, the alcohol kept me off the priesthood for a while, but kept me radically into social work. Okay. I knew I wanted to be with the people. I knew I wanted to serve people. I knew that life's deeper meaning wasn't in the giving, not in the taking. Right. So that lasted for about uh, 11 months, a year. Then I worked for Little City Foundation. Okay, sure. And Roselle and Algonquin with, mm -hmm. with the, with the um, developmentally challenged. Sure. I was the athletic director, and, and as a sports advocate, I always called myself the youngest athletic director in the country. <laughs> so I was like 23 at the time, That's 24. Right. And that, that, at the same time, I was pursuing my master's degree okay. in, uh, at, at DePaul University. Upon completion of that, I worked for Maryville a summer up at the camp up in Eagle River. Uh, we have a beautiful, beautiful, oh, it was a beautiful camp up there. I saw Northern Lights once. Mm. Like, and for all, all my atheist friends and agnostic friends, when I see Northern Lights, I just think, wow, yeah, spontaneous combustion, and, you know, right. gas is colliding. I'm like, this is just, you know, I see the sun come up in the morning, and, and I feel like uh, Tom Cruise in the movie uh, uh, Jerry Maguire. You, yeah. had me, you had me at good morning. Yeah. You had me at the sun coming up. I don't, I don't need any more. Right. That, that's just me. Right. So after the summer I spent at a camp at Eagle River with these disadvantaged children, I went to the Peace Corps. Okay. I served two years in the Peace Corps from 92 to 94. Where did you go? In Jamaica. Okay. I was supposed to go to Haiti. Yeah. I was scheduled to go to Haiti, and a priest, uh, Aristide, started a revolution. Yeah. He got elected president, which he was not supposed to have done. He broke orders, right. and a revolution started. So they called me on the phone. I was already a partier. Yeah. And they're like, would you consider, so I have a handicap on my right side. Yeah. So I was going to go to the Caribbean somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Would you consider going to Jamaica? <laughs> so I held Let the me phone. think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. So I'm like, I, 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 I always believe there is a God. There is a God. I was going to say there is a God. <laughs> so I spent two years in Jamaica, and this is a story those who know me personally all know. But I, so I got there in May of '92. I left in May of '94 on February 21st, 1993. And you can look this up on what's called Star Magazine. You can go into the microfiche and find the story. I was a victim of a hostage home invasion, where I don't think your viewers need to know what happened to someone in the home. There were a couple of women that were seriously abused and, and, and one brutalized. Mm -hmm. I was tied up during this entire encounter. It was awful. Um, I took, took tons of therapy and, and just a lot, a lot going on there. But the point I want to make is not the horror, but I prayed the whole time through it. And I knew at the end of it when I got out that I wasn't afraid of death. I, I really wasn't. I was, I was going to church on Sundays. Uh, the priest name, this is, this, is, this is a crazy interview. The priest name was Father Charlie Brown. And Father Charlie Brown was stabbed to death like eight months ago in King, outside of Kingston. Really? Because he was such an outspoken, you know, priest and, and social reformer. Uh, and, and the locals got them, and they actually they found him stabbed to death. Uh, so in my experience, through my experience in, in February 21st, 1993, I realized by not being afraid of death, this faith of mine, which was kind of on autopilot, it wasn't right. really being cultivated at a deeper level. Yeah. It, was, it, it wasn't about, being called upon quite yet. Yeah. Huh? It, it just struck me, like, worse than a heart attack, that this is real, Jerome. Jerry, this is, you got something here. Right. A lot of people don't got, or have, I should say. And it was a real turning point in my deeper religious conviction. Okay. And, and, and returning to my, what was either tarnished over or semi-lost desire to be a priest. Mm -hmm. It returned uh, full, full, full throttle. Okay. And then I came home in May of 94. A month later, my brother died accidentally while working. Hmm. He worked for Patrick Media. It was actually a popular story. He fell off a sign at Maywood Racetrack. Hmm. There was a live wire, unmarked live wire, and he hit an unmarked live wire turning around a metal pole. So he blew out his finger. He didn't take watts. He took volts. Oh. And so the, what is the, well, that, that's the hot, the higher one, right? I guess. Volts or watts? I, I'm not sure. Well, whatever. Once one, whatever it was, it, he died. So his fingertips were blown out, his toe tips were blown out, his head had blown, his chest hairs were blown out, and he fell 40 feet and lived on a machine. We had to obviously you know, do, do the, the humane thing because let him go and let him go see the Lord, which you know we help people with you know all the time, unfortunately, because right. of, you know the difficulties. But it was at that point that that was it for me, and and uh, the life of pleasure. Um, and, and chasing the world's, you know, trophies and, and things that I guess most men, at least if they don't go after uh, purposefully, at least dream about at times, I'm like, I got I to gotta go. And two months later, I was in a seminary. And that's yeah. going to be 20 years ago, <laughs> coming up in August. That's something. That's something. And so, okay, so 
Yeah. So there's a well, there's a lot in there. First, the first thing that crosses my mind is that you know if you're trying to recruit priests and they hear your story, they're going to go, "This is a this is a dangerous vocation." I, are you kidding me? <laughs> 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 right. But but you know, so I get it. So you so losses, your own personal losses, your own questioning your own faith has taken you. Now you're in the seminary. This is 20 years ago. Correct. What's your what's your you know, when you you don't have to stop drinking when you join the seminary. No, right? no, kept drinking. Yeah. No, 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 no. The, the drinking story doesn't. The drinking story doesn't stop. Yeah. No, the drinking story continues to grow yeah. on. Are you still just a nice guy that has a few, few too many scotches once in a while, or what? I, I think uh, we'll, we'll we'll accept that that diagnosis. Okay. Yes. yes. And I think I think that's exactly what. It, well, no, scotch didn't come till later. Scotch didn't come till priesthood. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Which right. is awful. And if and if the bishop hears this or somebody wants to take this out of, out of context. The entire intention was just to be, to be truthfully, uh, rigorously honest, and, and let someone else who might be struggling understand that this problem affects not only people I know, but affected me too. Sure. So in the seminary, it was strictly beer and wine. Yeah. But again, as you say, I mean, I can do my studies. At one point, I was so proud. I was bragging. I was reading 1,000 pages a week to stay at that level of, of, of being, I wanted to be smart. I didn't want to be an average kid. I wanted, right. if this was going to be my profession, I better be have the ammunition and tools. Right. You're going to be good at it. To articulate and defend right. and uh, prosecute my case, my case sure. for Christ. Sure. So I took it very seriously, and um, again, I there were no, I had no blackouts. I had no, I had no, as far as I can remember, significant episodes that would have made me more more attentive or sensitive to what was becoming a problem with alcohol. Was there uh, was there a genetic propensity? Any? I don't. Or? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, no, I, I think as an athlete, uh, there was always beer around. Yeah. Uh, as watching sports, there's always beer around. Yeah. Uh, as someone who wanted to chase girls in college, there's always beer around. Um, it's just, mm. I, I don't know, a human I, I, occupational hazard. Yeah. The occupation yeah. of being a human. Yeah. 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 Okay, so, so you didn't need... You didn't, I didn't look for it. You didn't need always be there. You, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Some, some people have that connection, some people don't. You know, it's just... Yeah, no, my dad was, not, my dad was definitely not an alcoholic. Um, yeah. You drank on occasions, but I never saw my father, you know, inebriated, and uh, I that had nothing to do with that. So, like, how did you get to the point where then, I know you, okay. at some point you needed to, you know... Well, what happened was, I, was I became a priest. I was assigned to Cary, Illinois in, 19, uh, in June or July of 1999, uh, and I fell so madly in love with the priesthood, mm. with the people. Mm. I had a couple cell... I have a track phone now, which no one has my number, except the bishop the secretary, my mother, God, and a few people for emergency purposes. Because mm -hmm. I'm not a big technology guy. But back then, I used to be a popular priest. You know? So I had a couple cell phones. I had a beeper. I had a house phone. They'd call me at the health club. I would take calls, which was the Holiday Inn at the time. Yeah. And the house phone. Because I was doing the circuits. Right. I slowed down in my in my 15 years. But I was out to go. You called me. I'd be there. Uh, I, every youth meeting, every basketball game, every any, any event church or quasi-church sponsored, I would be at. And we drank very very often afterwards. Yeah. I don't want to spill the beans, but we had a, we had a happy hour group that met at Port Barrington at 4 o'clock. <laughs> I will not reveal the identity of the members who attended with me, because many are still in some high offices. <laughs> but we did. They're also <laughs> probably attending happy hour regularly. <laughs> They're probably still attending. They changed the name of the said yeah. institution. Right. But uh, that, it was scotch, and that, I'm, I'm certain that, that, that was the beginning of what became a, a noticeable drinking problem, yeah. and a couple of priests uh, confronted me yeah. and said, "Listen, you need to you needed to stop altogether drinking." And uh, at the warning, I, I did not. Yeah. And so the next thing you know, I got called in by the, my authorities, and I was sent away for treatment in 2002. Yeah. I went to an amazing place in Rochester, Minnesota, for priests. Um, I don't know if the name, if I should, well, it's called Guest House. Yeah, but it's, it's fun to yeah, mention it, and I've heard of it. It's, it's for priests yeah. and uh, just just amazing care. And uh, I, sp I spent about 100 days there and uh, had a great program and, and things were great. And uh, I stayed sober. I managed to stay sober about three years. Mm -hmm. And then I caught a staph infection, the hospital kind. Oh. Now, this would be pretty serious. Untreated, they can kill you. Oh, yeah. So I had a surgery. I had, I had to have part of my body removed. Because of the staph infection. Yeah, because if you don't take, if you got to cut it out, right? Got to cut it out. Yeah. So the doctor made, a, and I feel horrible. He made a terrible mistake by sewing me back up. Well, that stuff's got to come out of you. Yeah. It was supposed to be packed 
you had to, there's a medical procedure or treatment after the surgery where you keep pulling gauze in and out while the skin naturally, you know, grows yeah, back. So, yeah, because otherwise you, you're, you're, you're just, you're sewing over more infection or the possibility of more yes. infection, right? So I went back in and he, he realized what he had done. He, he, he numbed the part of my body that this had happened in and took scissors and cut open the hole. Scissors. I'm not kidding. They were, they were surgical scissors. And then he put me on Percocets. Oh. And that led me. I remember being at an AA meeting in 2005 before going on one of my trips, consciously meditating, taking alcohol. Yeah. Because the Percocets, as I come to understand later, affected the pleasure zone or the pleasure center sure. that made... You know, ring a bell. Yeah, ring a bell. That, yeah, when you ring why would a bell. I, why would I pop a pill? I'm not a pill popper. Right. I can have a, a glass full of, you know, some Johnny Walker. And, sure, uh, and that'll kill the pain. Sure. And so we so we, so, so we, I went back. I went, yeah. I went back to drinking. Yeah. And uh, um, that, that's, that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, so Rick, as we were talking, in 2005, that was, that was, that was a significant birthday for me. And I was at a Morton Steakhouse. And I reached over and grabbed the man next to me's drink on my birthday. It turned out to be a Glenlivet single malt, which I was, a, I, was a, a, I was familiar with. Drank his liquor, ordered my own drink, and was reported by one of the staff members at a Morton's of having drank alcohol. Because they knew they knew who I was. And, I, and actually, the person was 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 a person of Cary. I moved on past Cary. Right. They were still from that parish, so they reported me. So 205 sent me back to treatment. But since I had recently gone in 202, they gave me sort of a shortened version of just kind of a cleanup, send you back home. Then I managed to say for five years. Then I got the that, infection. That 20, yeah, that that was 2010. It was 2010 or. It's right. So 202 first time, 205. Glenn Second Levitt. time, Glenn Levitt. 210 was the Percocets that led back back led to back what, to what became, what became, what became you know vodka, right. and then to a whole full nerve treatment center. Now four years will be coming up July 8th. Yeah. So that's that's a significant date for me. Yeah. So so maybe the way the way that we could like tie tie all this together, if there if there is a way to tie this all together, which doesn't matter one way or the other to me, but the thing is, how do you, so how do you take your, the faith that we've talked about all the way from Aramaic to Bolivia or wherever right, we right, right, right. <laughs> Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu. <laughs> and, the, and the Dalai Lama. Yeah, throw in. The third guy. The third, third in command. At least I got that going for me. You got that going for you. <laughs> how do we take your faith today and, 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 and tie that in with your recovery program. You're, you're active in, in, in a 12-step program in AA. Right. How do those th- do those things work together for you? Well, let me just tell you what happened just the other day. Just the other day, unfortunately, with less than 10 days ago, we had a horrible death in this town. As people are very very well aware of, a 15 and a half year old boy jumped into a retention pond or a pond, and he had died. Well, I, I was the man who received the night call. Yeah. And I had mentioned this over the Easter services I mentioned what had happened I'd gone to the hospital and because he was in cold water they worked at him for like an hour they, they couldn't bring him back to life and it was just a horrible time for everybody quite obviously well on the way home from the hospital a scotch actually for a little while with an alcoholic mind sounded like it sounded like a great idea yeah mm-hmm. and I thank the good lord the tools you know the, the higher power the elevated consciousness I chose not to do so but I can tell you when I was making that point during a homily at mass I can see many people on, on the edge of their chairs, both in concern for me, empathy towards me, and some probably with a drinking problem of their own. <laughs> probably they squirming in their chairs thinking, I did have that scotch, I and did. I shouldn't have. Yes, or yeah. I'm going to have it right after this, this, this yeah, search. Yeah, now that you mention it. So, so how do we tie it all together? I, I believe, as, as I do believe, the, the, the founders of AA, as well as the leading members who I associate with, it is primarily a spiritual program. Yeah. Does it have to be my spiritual program? Right. It, but, it, but it's a spiritual program. It believes there's a power greater than yourself. If you can admit to and surrender to your, our, 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 our self-will run riot and, and just our unmanageability, that I can be restored to sanity. So spirituality has a huge, huge, it's a huge foundational aspect of recovery of all kinds. Right. That, I, that this isn't just self-help. This isn't just something that I can do on my own, mm-hmm. that, that, that I have help. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there goes the kids. Yeah, right? well, I actually saw her outside the 
the, the 7.30 meeting today. Oh, okay. So, Isn't that, small that's sweet. Yeah, yeah, it is. It so, is. so I guess I mean, that's one quick answer. Um, I, I find a lot of consolation, a lot of solace right. um, in, in, in my communications with God, in, in improving my spiritual condition. So let me, let me take it maybe one, if we can, I, I don't know if we can, let's take it one level, one additional level. And that is, you know, how, how you are with a, hands off the table, uh, how you are with a mind, a philosophical, uh, you're, 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 you're aware that you're a spiritual being having a human experience rather than a human being having a spiritual experience? Or I, 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 I actually, I would think that, I, yeah. that yeah. I would think that's almost a, a false uh, dichotomy. You can't go there. We're, we're both, we're both, aren't we? Sure. We're spiritual beings sure. living out a concrete existence sure. through our human bodies. Yeah. Okay. Sure. And so, all right, so we got, so, we, you know, I mean, we've got a spiritual program. You already had, I mean, how come if you already had a spiritual program? And you were a priest. How come? You, how come that wasn't enough to get you sober? Oh, tremendous question! I, 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 I guess that, I, I I guess that took me a while to that, get yeah, to that. Yeah, that, that that I think is an outstanding question. That, that that is the question of all ages, because this illness does not discriminate. That this is truly an, a, a disease, a physical illness, an allergy mm-hmm. that people they have to, according to what I understand, they need to diagnose themselves. But once this substance gets in the system of a quote unquote alcoholic. It, 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 you can be the president, you can be the governor, you can be the Dalai Lama, you can be the Pope. You have a propensity, once you develop this condition, to once alcohol is ingested, to send your mind, your spirit, and your body. And it doesn't matter who you are. But it, 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 knows, it, it, does make, it makes no distinctions. So, so, so being, being spiritual and having, having a decent spiritual program certainly helps me in terms of processing AA information, uh, of sharpening the tools that may be provided for me, but I still get desires for alcohol. I still get, get alcoholic thinking. Sure. There's, there's no irrevocation of... That doesn't go away just because you wear the cop. Exactly. I love, I love when someone says, I'm an alcoholic and my problem is Jerry. <laughs> I mean, I, I still have to wake up and, and organize my thoughts in right. such a way to go to gratitude, to go to uh, acceptance, and to hopefully go to the humble surrender. Right. Now, I, I, I would actually flip it around on you and say people in social service occupations who have such a access to suffering and difficulty, as I mentioned with the young boy who died, right. I would argue potentially they may have a greater likelihood of substance abuse because they, they can justify it. I'm not saying it's legitimate. I'm right. in mean, no way condoning it. Right. But I can see, I mean, I hear confessions. If someone comes to me and says, hey, Father, I'm a doctor, and, you know, I had this kid who had cancer, and we fought, we thought we had a cure, and I'm making up the story, by the way. Right. But the kid died, and I started popping pills, and, I mean, my first thought would be judgment upon the man. My first thought would be, wow, are you getting help? Right. You know, I, I, could, I could empathize with somebody who, through, through no fault of their own, endured an, an empathetic hardship or, or, or a sure. cross with someone sure, else, sure. or even themselves. Sure. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe you're in a job, and and uh, I think of one of our friends who used to work for the Northwest Tarot, who does not doesn't have you know our, any of our problems, but he climbed up the, the ladder all the way to the top, and I kicked him off of it. Yeah. And I I spoke to him personally. What a what a terrible awful human experience that was in terms of losing your career or sure. or I know priests who have been maligned by false accusations. What's it like to walk around town with with your identity marred for the rest of your life? Sure. You don't do retractions on character assassinations. No. There's no there's no newsprint no. that comes out. And no. And the the, the different the, the but the point and the point is that there's things that can move people towards, uh, you know, using you know using substances to you know with the idea that it'll make things better somehow, and they're they're more likely to do that because of the things that they have to suffer. But there are those people that if they do that. That that sets off that rings the bell that sets off the cycle that can't be sh- and there's other people that have those things happen to them and they don't do that that doesn't happen and, and, and we don't really know why that is no and again I'm confident you know far more in this instance than I do here's what I know for myself that having the same alcoholic thinking that I once had it's been adjusted I've had adjustments made to it because of the program because of the 12 steps and AA meetings yeah. and I have a choice today. 
Hmm. When you are an active user, addict, substance abuser, no there choice. is no choice. Yeah. You're going to use. That's just what they do. And the sooner, I hate to use the word sober up, but the sooner an addict, a person under substance abuse, wisens up to the fact, you've know, you got to be honest, you don't really have a choice. Right. You're a slave to this thing. Right. Before before we went on air, we discussed about you take the bottle in you, but then you jump into the bottle. Right. And, and then the, and the difference that that happens before anybody really knows about it, and you're and and the the addict is you know the alcoholic is in the bottle looking out saying I got this, I got this. Yeah. No, dude, you're in the bottle with the cork in. Absolutely. I was walking into to a, to a AA meeting this morning. And I ran into a guy uh, who we just, he smiled, and, I, and he's, doing, he's doing wonderful. I feel like we're doing, I'm doing well, and I just say good morning. And we had a morning, like, moment that, that sobriety provides us. That I, 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 I hope I never take, take, take for granted. It, it's, every time I look around a meeting, I, I see so many miracles. I see so many people that, through, through the openness of, of, stop, of, of stop fighting, of, of, of giving in, in a sense. This is one of the few fights. Where you surrender, you win. <laughs> it's one of the few times in life right. where, you, where you wave a white flag. Hey, help right. me. Probably the two hardest words for a man to say in the English dictionary. Right. Help me. Help me. And, and yeah. my, yeah. I get my life back. Yeah. And it's like, I hate to say it, it's like a country western song play backwards. Yeah. Get my the dog back, my job back, my wife back, my RV back. <laughs> right. Get your, get your pickup truck and your gun rack, the whole deal. <laughs> Jerry, uh, I, I, really, I really appreciate our, our time together. And, and uh, I feel like we, we've covered a lot of ground and we've tied some, I think that, that nicely ties the bow, you know, um, for for the listeners, and uh, so again, thank you for coming, and uh, thank you for, you know, having, you know, being open with your with your story. I, I'm over. I'm honored that you asked me to do so, and if anyone wants to follow up on this, I do regular Starbucks hours between, let's say, 9:30 <laughs> and 11, Monday through Friday. I can attest to that because <laughs> I'm there most mornings myself. If I'm there at the right time, I get a little hit. Uh, so uh, again, thank you to uh, Father Jerry, and uh, thank you to our listeners, and uh, please uh, continue to listen into our shows uh, every Sunday night at our regular time of seven o'clock, and you can tune in to hear us at recoveryinternetradio.com. That's recoveryinternetradio.com. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.